Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. You hear me out there? All right, it works. Don't you love the way we started the service? You know, I think God was really pleased with the response, right? No music, kind of getting a little messy, and you guys responded in worship, and that was powerful. And that pleases the heart of God. Amen? Um, Got a couple of books here that I am giving away from our book table, soon-to-be bookstore in our new building, all right? And I've got uh, Keep Your Love On with Danny Silk. This is really like, this is a classic. I love this book. First time I read this book, it really, it challenged a lot of my ideas that I grew up with about church. It's really, really powerful. And uh, who would like this book? Let's do it. Well, let's do it this way. Anybody's birthday today? Come on. It's never anybody's birthday. Am I missing? Am I missing it? What? First time visitor, come on. Yeah, let's do that. That's even better. Yeah, welcome. Here you go. I'm at a loss what to do next for this one. So, uh, Chris Valentin, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth. Great book. Great book right there. You, yeah, you, right there. Come on up. Yeah, this is a great book. You'll be blessed by that. All right. All right. Okay. Well, it's so good just to be here tonight. So good to worship together. Amen. I can't imagine anything else that I'd rather be doing on a Saturday night more than worshiping Jesus with my family. And, and you know, I so love what God's doing with us as a church. There's so much that he's doing. There's so much that's coming but I love your heart for God. I love being among a a people who just go for it, who go after God. So powerful. And tonight, I'm gonna be speaking about faith, the substance of faith. Amen. Hebrews, Hebrews 11, very powerful book and um, that we're gonna be looking at, but 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Matt, told me not to adjust this, but I'm adjusting it. So <laughs> he told, I'm doing exactly what he said don't do. But Matthew 13, 13, we see this passage here. It says, now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these, these is love. And these are what I call the superfruits of the Bible. And so the superfruits, faith, hope, and love, we know that the greatest of all fruit is love, the love of God, the love of God being poured out in us. But faith and hope are close, close behind. And I want to talk about faith tonight because it's so powerful. And when we look at Hebrews 11, we're given in this passage. It's a long passage. I'm not going to read it all, but it's what's known as the roll call of faith. And the roll call of faith, when you read it, and I'd, I'd suggest you go back and read it this week, but the roll call of faith is, is extremely powerful because you've got two different things happening with people in this passage. You've got some that are going through extremely difficult circumstances. 
They're going through adversity. Uh, it says this. It says that some were tortured, not accepting their release. Some were mocked, and they were being scourged. Some were in chains and even imprisonment. imprisonment. And so it talks about these people who were walking in faith, but they were in great adversity. Their circumstances were extremely difficult, but God decided to put them on the roll call of faith. And how many know when you're in the middle of adversity, it takes more faith than when you're not? Because you can't see anything. I mean, it can feel like you're at zero, and you can't see where, any, where it's going to come from. You can't see where God's going to provide and it's a difficult place to be, but it's also a very powerful place to be when you can learn to walk in faith. And so God highlights these things on this roll call of faith. He also highlights people who are receiving breakthrough on this list. And um, he says in this list, walls fell down. Kingdoms were conquered. They obtained promises. They shut the mouths of lions. They put foreign armies to flight. It says people were raised from the dead. And it says someone was translated into heaven, speaking of Enoch. So Enoch bypassed death, went straight to heaven as a result of faith. And so we see on this list these people who are receiving breakthrough. And so what I take from that is that no matter where you are on the spectrum of breakthrough, you may be in a place of great adversity. You may be in a place of great trial. You may be in a place of great need. And so that's where you are on the spectrum. Someone else in here, you may be in a place of, of breakthrough. You may be in a place where things are, are starting to pop. You may be think where things, the blessing and the abundance of God is flowing and coming in. So you may be there. Some of you may be in both of those places at the same time. Have you ever done that one? Yeah. So difficult circumstances and breakthrough. But what I want to say is this. Faith is actually independent of both of those things. Faith, faith comes, faith is a place that you stand and it's independent. It's not dependent on breakthrough. It's not dependent on circumstance. A, a difficult circumstance. So no matter where you are in your circumstance, faith is not dependent on, on that circumstance. And it works in different ways. Faith works in different ways. It works in different situations. No matter where you are on the spectrum, faith can operate in your life. Amen? And I believe that God wants to take us to breakthrough. But sometimes we walk through adversity. And if you're walking through adversity, and I want, I want to say this specifically, if you're here tonight and you're in adversity, it's, that's not saying you have a lack of faith. In fact, it's an opportunity for you to find a new level of faith, a new level of trust, a new level of pressing into God. I can look at several spots in my life where it got really difficult and after, it, it was really, really difficult, but I, I just kept praising him, and I kept worshiping him, and I kept my heart turned towards him, and it wasn't always easy, but the breakthrough eventually came. Yeah. And in fact, some of the most difficult things that I've been through, it seems like after that, the, the greatest things I've ever experienced came, yeah. often happens. But the substance of faith, Hebrews 11, 1. 
we're gonna look at in just a minute. But you can soar in times of adversity. It's possible with God. With God in adversity, you can soar. Amen? Um, Bill Johnson's been doing some stuff and, and talking about circumstances and how going through a difficult circumstance and, and that not becoming um, your identity or not being defined by your circumstance. And I, I suggest go find it. I can't tell you exactly where to get it, but I've seen some of it. And it's like, it's really, really powerful that we go through circumstances, but we're not defined by our circumstance. It's not our identity. It's not who we are. It's something we're passing through. We are a people of faith. Amen? Amen. And we can be in forward momentum when everything seems like it's standing still. I could have absolutely no breakthrough happening around me that I can see. But if I have my heart tuned into heaven, I can stand in forward momentum in the heavenly places before I ever see it here. And so you and I, we are a people of forward momentum, no matter what's going on. But I want to look at here, I want to look at what is faith. So let's talk about that if this comes on here. Let's see. Oh, that's not going to work. Okay. There we go. All right. I'm so glad that worked. I don't normally use PowerPoint that often unless I'm teaching a class or something, but we're going to look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is pretty much what we're going to look at tonight, and it is a very, very powerful scripture. There is a lot in here, as you're about to find out, in this one scripture, and it's a scripture that can absolutely change your life, and God wants to reshape some people in here. He wants to reshape your understanding of what faith is because we get a lot of concepts about faith. Um, we get a lot of different, you know, the world has things to say about faith, and it's just if I believe a little bit more or whatever, um, you know, I'll have faith in someone, you know, if they do all the right things, I have faith in them. But there's a biblical definition of faith, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. And faith, the first thing I want us to understand is faith is a heavenly transaction. Come on. All right? So faith, it's supernatural. Faith is not something that, you know, I, I wake up and I do some spiritual push-ups in the morning and, and you know, and I'm, I'm just trying to work it up and that's not how faith works. Faith is supernatural. It comes from God. It's an impartation from God and uh, it's not something that you can just work your way into. Now, you can position your heart for it, but you can't just work your way into it. It's not something that we can produce by our own strength. It's not if I just close my eyes and if I just believe hard enough, then I'm going to be in a place of faith. No, it's supernatural. It's not, faith is not this. It's not just a blind leap. Now, sometimes faith requires a leap, but it's not a blind leap. It's not, you know, I've seen people just do a blind leap, and you know what? Sometimes they land on rocks, and then they get upset with God because they hit rocks. But faith, it's not just a blind leap. It's not just, ah, oh, let me just jump, and let's just see what happens. Faith has substance to it. Faith has substance. All right. I'm going to give up on this in a second. All right. Let's don't do that. I can do it without it. 
Yeah, if you can try to switch it back there. If it becomes a distraction, we'll abandon that. Um, so, there we go. Thank you. You're good, right there. All right, so faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 starts like this. It says now faith. Faith. So faith, the Greek word faith. Now, I'm going to use a little bit of Greek here. And I've been known to mix Greek with East Texan. So you never know what you're going to get. You might get, I may say it one way, one second, another way, another second. But, uh, but you're going to get the gist of it, all right? So faith, the Greek word for faith is pistis, which comes from pythio, which means to, be, to persuade or be persuaded. And so it, that word supplies the core meaning of faith which is this, it's divine persuasion. So faith, when you look at the Greek, you can pull out divine persuasion. So the word faith, you could just call divine persuasion. It's beyond just belief. It's not that I just believe, it's I'm being divinely persuaded. I believe something because I'm divinely persuaded to believe it. Let's go to the next slide. All right, so now faith, or we could say divine persuasion, if we keep going here, is the substance. And I want to talk about substance. The word substance here. And this is King James. I think there's a lot of great translations. For this particular passage, I like King James. Uh, It brings out this a little bit better than some of the other ones. But substance, and substance, the Greek word there is hoistus, Hoistasis, which is substance. It comes from hoopstasis, which is a business term of the first century that meant meant this according to the Greek uh, Testament. It says, it meant the whole body of documents bearing on the ownership of a person's property, the same central idea of something that underlies visible conditions and guarantees a future uh, uh, possession. And so another way to look at it, a couple ways to look at it is It's that which underlies, if you start looking at the Greek, the apparent. It's the basis of something. It's that which stands underneath something. And the the way we would best understand this, I think, in our language today is the title deed. So it's the document that stands under the the possession, the the property. And so it's it's a guarantor of a future possession. You could think of that in our terms, a title deed. Maybe it's a title deed that you don't get until you get your inheritance. It's in an inheritance. It's in a trust. And that title deed is a future possession, but it's a guarantee. It's the document that guarantees you that future possession. And so when we talk about substance here, now faith, divine persuasion, is the substance. We're talking about a title deed of a future possession. Okay? And um, it's, it's God's guarantee in advance that we already possess the things that we've asked for. Oh, man. Substance, divine persuasion is the substance, the guarantee. So when we apply that to prayer, what we ask for, we've already, we already possess it even though we haven't yet fully received it because there is a title deed. Amen. It's God's warranty, you'll see that in legal terms, that 
guarantees the fulfillment of the revelation he births within us. Did you know God does not birth a revelation inside of you if he does not intend to fulfill it in your life? There's a guarantee, there's a warranty, there's a deed. You could even say that divine persuasion is Jesus. Amen. That which stands under, that which stands underneath, that which guarantees, that which has warranted to us, that which he's the title deed, the one that stands under us, the one that has promised us, and the one that guarantees that promise. That's Jesus. All right, let's go to the next slide. So let's say it like this. Are you guys with me? All right. So now faith is the substance, or you could say it like this. Now faith, divine persuasion, is the substance, the title deed that stands under guaranteeing future possession. So you could also say that divine persuasion is the title deed that stands under guaranteeing future possession. You want to keep going? Let's hit the next slide. Now faith, divine persuasion, is the substance, the title deed that stands under guaranteeing future possession of what? Of things hoped for. Anybody have any hopes? So hope is not just a wish. You know, it's interesting to me, faith, hope, and love, these three words, the world has their own definition of these things. And they're all wrong. Right? It's, it's fascinating to me. The, the three super fruits, the world has different definitions than what's in the Bible. And so hope is not just something I, I wish for. You know, or it, I've even, we even see it used, uh, we even see it used in a negative way. You better hope it works, you know, like, you know, or you're dead, you know, that kind of thing. And so hope's not a wish. Hope is the expectancy of God's goodness, all right? And the root word of hope, I love it. Elpo, I think. <laughs> God keeps me humble when I go into Greek and Hebrew. I think I know something and then I try to pronounce it and it's like everywhere. But the root word means to anticipate with pleasure and to welcome. It's another way you could define hope is... or. Let me say this, expectancy. When we talk about expectancy, hope is the expectancy of God's goodness. When we use the word expectancy, what that is, that's expectation with anticipation. That's what, if you look at the definition of expectancy, that's what it is. I'm expecting with anticipation. All right? So I'm, I'm expecting with anticipation what? God's goodness. So hope, hope in a lot of ways, it's more broad. It, it doesn't, hope doesn't know exactly like how this thing's gonna work out, but hope understands that God is good and that his goodness is turned towards me. And so therefore, I know whatever happens, it's gonna be good. Amen. So I can anticipate, with, I can expect with anticipation that God's goodness is going to come. No matter what my circumstance is. If I find myself in adversity, I can understand and I can declare that God is good. 
You know, the worst thing you can do is if you find yourself in adversity is to stop declaring God is good. When that happens, what's happening is your circumstance is beginning to take you over and it's beginning to define you instead of God's goodness defining you. And so if you find yourself in that place of adversity, don't get bitter, don't get, don't, I, I understand it's hard, it's really difficult. And some of you maybe have been through circumstances way more difficult than some others in the room, but don't get bitter, declare God's goodness. Stay in a place of anticipation, supernatural anticipation and expectation that God's goodness is gonna come through for you. And I wanna break off right now any lies over anyone in here that says God's goodness is not turned towards you. Maybe the, I, I see there's someone in here, you've had several things in a row that have happened and you, in your, you, haven't even, you haven't verbalized it, but inside those thoughts have come. Is God's goodness turned towards me? I wanna say that it is. And I wanna release anticipation over you for the goodness of God to catch up with you. It will catch you. It will. Amen. And so you can, I want to, so I want to say a couple things about hope. I want you to think about it in terms of all of this. You own or have the title deed to your hopes. You own a title deed to your hopes. You own it. It's yours. God's given it to you and to me. And faith, when we talk about faith, faith is like putting a target on our hopes. All right? I want you to think of it that way. So hope is, it's broader in, the, in that sense. Faith, though, has, there's specific things that God's put in your heart regarding faith. Some, you may need healing, and God's put that, and there's a target there. There's a target for your hope. And so faith puts that target on our hopes. It, it takes that that goodness of God and says, all right, let's direct the goodness to this part of my life, and that's faith. Amen? All right, so let's, um, let's go to the next slide, and let's look, let's look at all that together. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith, divine persuasion, is the substance, the title deed that stands under Guaranteeing future possession of things hoped for or things hoped, standing in expectancy of God's goodness for. Let's, can we read this together? You want to do that with me? All right. Now faith, divine persuasion, is the substance, title deed that stands under guaranteeing future possession of things hoped, standing in expectancy of God's goodness for. A little tongue twister there. Standing in expectancy, standing in hope. All right, so let's go. Next slide. And we can see here as we move from hope to this evidence. When you talk about evidence, you're talking about proof of things not seen. What are, what are things not seen? Things not seen is heaven's reality. So the proof of things not seen or heaven's reality is where faith begins to move you. And it begins to move you there 
before you ever see it in the tangible here. You're divinely persuaded that there's a title deed that stands under you, guaranteeing you of a future possession. And you're standing in the expectancy of God's goodness. And there's evidence, there's proof of these things that are not seen of heaven's reality. Heaven's reality. Faith helps us to stand. And we can stand in it. We can stand in the place of our future unseen reality before we actually see it manifest. This is really powerful, guys. If you find yourself in a place of adversity, if you could stop for a moment and not focus on the problem, but begin to focus on the future unseen reality before it actually manifests here, that's when you're operating in faith. That's faith. That's the power of faith. That no matter what is happening around me, I am stepping into this unseen reality, this heaven's reality. Amen. But also, faith can do this. Not only can you stand, and there's nothing, it doesn't feel like anything's moving, not only you can stand in God's forward momentum and nothing seems like it's happening, but faith can also pull our heavenly reality into the present. All right? So we need to understand prayer as tapping into this unfailing source of divine supply. When we pray, we're not just throwing up words. We're tapping into the source. We're pulling on a future reality of heaven that I realize on this earth, we don't get the, full, the complete fullness of that there's things that we'll experience one day fully in heaven, but boy, we get a lot of it right now. And I'm not even sure if there's a limitation on what we can actually get. Right? I don't, I don't know if God actually limits that, but the thing is, when we get to heaven, we're just going to find out, no matter how much we've experienced here, we're going to find out there's just so much more. Because it's an endless supply that God has for us. It's endless joy. It's endless, it's endless joy for us. It's endless love that we're gonna experience. But we, we can tap into that. And as I was looking at this, I was thinking about the Fulton Street Prayer Revival. Anybody ever heard of that? It happened in 1857 in New York City. It's also known as the Layman's Prayer Revival. Um, and... Uh, this prayer revival, I believe, when I, I've read a lot about revival, taught revival classes, all of that, and um, when I read about the Fulton Street Prayer Revival, I think it was the greatest revival that's ever happened in the United States, and a lot of people have never really heard of it. I don't know why, but it's, it was so powerful what happened. It started with this one guy with the Dutch Reformed Church, and the church was dying in lower Manhattan in a business district of New York City, which is still a business district today, back in 1857, 
And so he was hired to basically go around and invite people to church, which he did, and nobody would come. And so he, God popped it into his heart to start a, a noon prayer meeting. And the way he was going to do it, at first he just started inviting business, businessmen to it. And eventually there were all kinds of people coming, but that's how he started. And so he went around and put out a bunch of flyers. And I think a few people came to the first one. And they prayed for one hour. And then he just kept going with it. And within a few months, there were 3,000 in that prayer meeting. And then there were 10,000 per day in that prayer meeting. And then there were these prayer meetings that were popping up all over the United States. Those guys, when they would travel from city to city, they said there was a prayer meeting in every town that they would go to. But what was interesting about this revival, it said that a glory cloud actually covered one-third of the United States. You could feel it. When ships came into the harbor of New York City, the entire ship would come under the power of God, and they would dock out in, in the, in the, out in the bay out there, and they're, they're docked out there, and they, would have to, they didn't know what to do. So what they do is they'd send, they'd send a boat to shore. Remember, this is 1857, to get a minister to come back because all these people were laid out on the deck asking how could they be saved, like under the power of God, and whole ships would get saved. There's, there's actually, isn't that amazing? There's actually a story of a, uh, of a Civil War battleship where the entire ship was saved when it came under that glory cloud. The entire ship. Nobody, nobody even said anything to them. They just, the glory came down. They're like, what do we do here? But one of the interesting characteristics about that revival was, in, was instant answer to prayer. They could pray what they would do. Now get this, it's a one-hour meeting, right? It's a, it's a one-hour meeting, but their hearts were so torn, turned towards God at noon every day. And so... They would often, and I've looked at some of the, the you can look at some of the, the documents from this, but they, they would just read like word for word the prayer requests. Like just read them straight down and everything on the list would happen. They would start getting words back like, you know, news didn't travel fast back then, a couple weeks. They, they would get word after word that at that very moment, so-and-so was prayed for and they were saved. So-and-so was prayed for, and they were healed. And it happened day after day after day. I read a story about this group of praying ladies whose none of their husbands walked with Jesus, and they all were getting together in prayer. And in one prayer meeting, every single, in that very moment that they prayed, every single one of their husbands were saved. Every single one of them. You can read stories. I read a story about, I got one of the, kind of the original books, like the original guy that had the original account. And he, this guy he was talking about was walking around New York City and the conviction came on him. He was a very wealthy man. And he's walking around for days wanting, like he doesn't understand fully what's, what he's feeling. He just knows he needs to get to church like, and, and ask them how he could, what he could do to be saved. Like he's just, and he's desperate. So he's walking around the city and he's trying to find church. He finally finds a church and they tell him how to be saved. He gets saved in that meeting. He goes home and he tells like his family and his wife and they begin to mock him and laugh at him. And as they're mocking him, the Holy Spirit falls on all of them and they all get saved right there on the spot. Right? So what was happening in, and now, 
Again, guys, this is New York City where this was happening. You can read accounts of this. It spread all the way into even places like Waco, Texas. Same thing. Read the list. Bam, 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 bam. Stuff starts happening. Instantaneous answers to prayer. So, yes, there are times that we stand in adversity, but there's also that instantaneous moment of God that's so powerful. And sometimes that could be after adversity or maybe not. I don't know. But some, there are those moments where God instantly answers prayer, where he instantly answers, where it happens right there on the spot, and they were experiencing that. And so we can pull our future reality right now. Amen. Jesus is standing under. He is the guarantee. Amen. And we've been given the Holy Spirit as a down payment of this whole thing. Every time we experience the Holy Spirit, we need to understand we're experiencing the guarantee that Jesus gives us. Jesus goes as far in Mark 11 to tell us when we pray that we should believe we have received it before we received it. Right? Amen? And so, God wants us to have radical faith. All right, so I'm going to start to land here. So how do we get there? How do we get to that place of divine, where we're being divinely persuaded? How do we get there? Let's jump to the next slide and then the next one, I think. Thank you back there. So how do we get in faith? How do we get in divine persuasion? So faith comes from hearing. And what does hearing come by? The word of Christ. So divine persuasion, so faith, divine persuasion, comes from hearing. That's how it comes. So if you want more faith, you need to hear more of what God has to say. You know, it's one reason the prophetic is so powerful. It's one reason God encourages us to prophesy to one another. Because it's releasing faith, because we're hearing God. We're hearing what he's saying. And we don't only get it that way. We need to get our hearts before him every single day into that place. We need to get into a listening posture. So the posture of faith is to listen. You can't work it up. There's nothing you can do. You can't make it happen. But what you can do is get your heart in a place where you can hear him. Changes everything. Amen. And let me ask you this question. What voices are you listening to? Because sometimes listening means turning off other voices. All right? So are you listening to your past? Your past will speak to you. Negative things from your past can speak to you if you allow them, you, if you listen to those things. What about your circumstance? Is that speaking to you? Is that the loudest voice in the room? Has what you're going through, has the adversity itself become the loudest voice in the room? Because if that's the loudest voice in the room, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to hear and you're not gonna be divinely persuaded. You're not gonna be walking in that place of faith. What about social media? Is that the loudest voice for you? You know, social media is interesting, right? It's like opinion after opinion, and then it's like opinions on top of opinions on top of opinions. 
opinions that form other opinions and they get repeated over and over and over again. I don't know how many times in COVID, I, you know, I finally stopped saying it. I'd catch myself. I'd be like, well, you know, I read this article. And they're like, well, I read this article. And they read that article. And then we all form this opinion because of all these so-called articles that people wrote. And maybe sometimes they were right, I don't know. And then you, and then you throw that firebomb of that into social media. And then you've got all kinds of anxiety and stress being released out there. Anybody ever read something online and you got worked up inside about it? You're like, what? How dare they? And then you're like, and some of you hit return, some of you stopped, you know. You regret, you hit return, try to go delete, whatever. Some of you just jumped in there, hit return, and then went at it, you know? That's not a good place to be. That's not a place of faith. That's not where you're gonna be divinely persuaded. Listen, guys, there's so many opinions floating around the world right now. I don't really care. I don't care. I don't, you know, I really don't care. I don't, I just don't care. I'm not gonna get worked up. I'm not gonna be in anxiety. If you think that, or you think that, or they think that, or they're trying to do that, I don't care because I'm standing where? I'm standing in faith, and I'm standing with my, with my whole body in heaven's reality, and that's what I want to think about. Life is too short to waste time with all that stuff. It's just not worth it, guys. It doesn't bring the kingdom, and it doesn't change anything. We have the kingdom. We can change things. We can walk in the power of God, but we won't get there if we're being pulled into all this stuff that's out there, amen? Now, I'm not anti-social media. I have 200 followers, come on. You know, like, I'm, you know, I, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got some influence, you know, out there. And, and believe me, I've got plenty of opinions. I just, I just don't put them out there very much, right? I think, I think I might be, beat Joaquin's post by one post or something like that, like he, until recently, there have been a lot of posts going up, but one time I got a like from Joaquin, and I was like, that's amazing. That's like one of the most valuable likes you could get, because he doesn't ever go on there. And then I found out it was Renee that actually did it. I was like, all right. Yeah, I was like, that ruined it for me. I was like, uh, I had a Joaquin like. So I knew I'd get to jokes eventually. I like to joke around. But, so faith comes from hearing. Where does fear come from? I'm about to land this. But where does fear come from? Hearing. It just depends what you're hearing, right? What are you listening to? What are you hearing? What are you waking up every day hearing? What are you thinking about? If you think about, if you listen to God, you're gonna have faith. You're gonna, you're gonna be divinely persuaded. Faith divinely persuaded. I want to wake up every day and I want to be divinely persuaded about heaven's reality. <laughs> no matter what's happening in this crazy, crazy world that we live in, in this crazy, crazy time that we live in, I want to be divinely persuaded about kingdom things. And that's where I want to walk. Now, what if, let me th think about this. I was thinking about this. I'm going to do this this week. What if every time I thought about going to social media, you know, we use that as like a break, right? It's kind of the new smoke break at work, you know, <laughs> social media, kind of done a lot of work. I deserve a little, you know, Instagram time. 
And so I'm getting on there and I'm like, you know, all right, there's that, all right. And then I go back to work, right? What if every time this week, now you don't have to do this, but I'd invite you to think about it at least. What if every time I was in that moment of like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna just take a break and take a look at social media. What if every time that I just went to God instead? What if I just went, all right, let me, what's the, what's the feed of heaven look like right now, right? What, whoa, look at that. What's, what's God saying right now? What's happening in heaven? What's he speaking over the earth? Oh man, there's some good news on that feed, right? There's stuff happening. There's some healings on that feed. There's some power on that feed. There's some provision on that feed. There's some encouragement on that feed. There's some peace on that feed. Oh man, there's some love. The love of God's all over me right now. There's some love of God on that feed just coming down over me. What, what kind of week would we have if we did that? What kind of week? What, what would our week look like? What would our, what would our faith level be at? How persuaded would we be about the kingdom and about kingdom things and about what God's doing? How persuaded would we be that that title deed is guaranteed, that, it is, that is, it's locked, guys. It was locked with, by Jesus with his own blood. But how persuaded would, would we be that God wants to release that right now into this earth to my neighbors and to my coworkers and to people that I meet out on the street? Amen. God is speaking. I have no idea what time it is. I'm doing good. All right. Why don't we stand? Faith. Why don't we just lift our hands for a moment or put your hand on your heart, however you... But let's just be in a listening posture just for a moment. What a place to be, listening to what God is saying. What words he has to speak over us. What words he has to speak over Austin. I believe that, that God is taking us to a, to a new realm of faith. I believe that. I believe there's a new realm, there's a new season of faith that's coming. And we're gonna need that faith because there's a lot of stuff that God wants to release. And faith accesses that reality. Faith accesses it, it brings it in. And there's so much that God wants to do, amen? I believe God wants to raise the dead. I personally have never seen anyone raised from, from the dead, but you know what? I'm divinely persuaded that there's a title deed that guarantees that, that people can be raised from the dead, amen? There's a new realm, there's a new place of faith, and so God wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to hear what he has to say. And so God, I pray and ask God that this week, as we walk through this city, God, that there would be a clarity of your voice. God, that we would have the discipline, God, to, 
push all the other voices aside and turn our heart completely towards you. God, I think it's so easy. We don't have to do anything except listen to what you have to say. And we begin to operate in faith that miracles begin to happen around us when we're in that place of faith. That increase begins to happen. That, that adversity no longer dominates our thinking. And so God, I pray God as a congregation that you would release us into that new place, that new realm, that new reality. God, I pray that even what we've known of heaven would not be enough, God. God, that our hearts would burn for more, that we would long for more, that we would long to listen to what you have to say in this day, in this season that is coming to us. God, that Austin would hear your voice through your people, through us, through a people of faith, through a people who've been divinely persuaded, through a people who can't help but gush it, but talk about it and love you in front of this city, God, because you are so worthy and because you have done so much. And not only that, you've provided that title deed that others could come in to your kingdom, God. And so, God, we pray for that release. And we ask, God, for your power to be released as never before. That we would be a people that speak faith, that breathe faith, that exude faith, that are fully persuaded. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, I really feel something on this, guys. I really feel that if this week, I, it may not be social media, but find something that you would normally turn to to kind of disconnect and go disconnect, go connect with God. Every time, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It might be a piece of, for me, it might be a piece of pie, like, right? Like, let me go get a piece of pie. <laughs> Some ice cream. I'm going to disconnect from the long day, right? What, I'm, what if I said I eat that piece of pie? I just go to, go to into heaven's reality. Stacy's like, yes, please. Yeah, like he needs that. He needs that. If we'll do that, we're going to see a supernatural release. I believe when we come together next week, could you imagine if we all did that and we came in here next week? You think it's good? It can be better, right? It can be more powerful. Amen. I mean, we could blow the lid off of this place. Their fire could come out of the roof of this place, right? That's the kind of thing that God wants to do. We could see glory like we've never seen and experienced before. I've tasted of his glory, but there's more that he wants to bring. But there's a listening posture God needs, wants to get us in for us to get to the next level. Amen? Thank you, guys. I want to ask some of the prayer servants to come forward. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.